Oh, well, hello, LifePoint youth. Man, we're starting to get our stuff together a little bit. Um, it's kind of cool to, uh, to be able to start live streaming at least for the last, uh, the last online service completely. Um, it's going to be incredible to come back next week. If you didn't know, we're going to have a video out explaining all of the details of what that's going to look like and also some news on Summer Games. Man, we're so so excited about summer games we're excited to be able to bring that to you guys and to uh to have that going on man it's it's really cool it's like i said it's kind of a, a shame that we got our stuff together for a live stream right in the last week but but um i think it's cool and, and something else i want to let you guys know is we're going to be doing um recordings not live streams because i know what would happen if we live stream services nobody would come so, uh, so we're going to be recording all of our services every Wednesday night. And we're going to be uploading them on Thursday uh, morning. And you guys will be able to tune in, catch up on the, the worship if you missed it. Maybe you want to play it back. Maybe you want to listen to the word again um, that whoever uh, is speaking gives. But man, we got some really incredible stuff coming in the next few weeks. I'm excited to get back together. If you didn't know, my name is Josh. I'm the youth pastor here. And... Um, it's been still just a crazy time. I mean, um, not to be too repetitive from last week, but, you know, we had COVID and that took several weeks, several months to get over. And then all of a sudden we're in a bunch of, t uh, a lot of t turmoil in our country, in our nation, and even in the world. There's been a lot of, of, of things happening within the past couple of weeks that have just escalated all of the tension, all of the, the chaos and and I think um, I wanted to just address it again tonight, but I want to address it from a different standpoint. Last week I talked about how uh, Stephen was, was preaching the full gospel, and that's exactly what he was supposed to do and, and what it cost him. It cost him uh, the reputation of, of those who were challenging him because they didn't want to hear what the full gospel had. And, and, and I think that it's important for us to know Man, we should always be striving to preach the full gospel. We should be able to understand um, and, and love our neighbor. But we should also call out the injustices against the oppressed. And I think that as we ended that discussion last week, and maybe that sparked some discussion in your home with your parents or, 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 or siblings or whatever, I hope that it did. But I kind of wanted to um, still, still talk about it from, again, a different angle. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me uh, to uh, Habakkuk, and we're going to be in chapter 1. And a lot of you might be going, where's Habakkuk? It's, it's a minor prophet, so it's kind of one of those shorter uh, books of the Bible. You can look in your table of contents and then find the book there. It's got a lot of B's. It's got a lot of K's. It's a weird name. <laughs> but um, as you're turning there, I just want to, to, to let you guys know kind of where, where I'm at. Uh, you know, injustice has become one of the biggest buzzwords in our culture right now. And it's important to understand the concept from a biblical perspective, a biblical standpoint. You see, sometimes we see these things happening and we, we wonder why it's happening. Why is God allowing this? What, what is going on? And, and, and let me just be honest with you. It can be really, really frustrating to sit and to just soak in all of the information. Meanwhile, you're, 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 you're not really hearing from the Lord. You feel like 
the Lord is, is far away because you're going, if things are this crazy, then God cannot be close. There's no way that that can happen. And I love the book of Habakkuk because it's that very concept that he brings before the Lord. You see, Habakkuk was a prophet for Judah. And this was during the time that the Babylonians were going to rule over all of Judah because the Babylonians were seeking world domination. They were seeking power and they were seeking uh, all of these things, but, th but they were wicked as well. They, they ruled violently. They violently oppressed the people um, every single way that they could, politically and socially. Uh, to give you guys some, some more uh, idea of, of what I'm talking about here, the capture and the deportation of Daniel out of, of his own land and, and the three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this all happened in this time. It was, it was, it was perpetuated by Nebuchadnezzar. It was, it was a ransack of the temple, and, and it was just totally, totally pushing Judah, God's people, to the side and, and putting them in massive, deep oppression. And so Habakkuk, as a prophet, as someone who speaks on behalf of the Lord, obviously he's going to have conversations with the Lord. He's going to talk to him and, and have these conversations. And I think it's interesting when, when the Lord speaks back. So let's just go ahead and get into it. I just want to read the first four verses, and then we'll, we'll read uh, the rest of um, uh, this section. So it says here, in, uh, in, in, in verse 2, because the first one is just, this is the oracle that, that the prophet received. So verse 2 says this, and I'm reading in the NIV. It says, and this is Habakkuk speaking to the Lord. He says, how long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen or cry out to you? Violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. And there is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed. Justice never prevails. The wicked him in the righteous so that justice is perverted. And so what he's saying here, I know, I know it might not make a whole lot of sense, but what he's saying is, why is this happening? What is going on? I thought you were on our team. I get that you have to, to punish us because in the Old Testament, if God's people stepped away from him, he punished them. And that was how it worked. And so he's going, I get that we, I get that we deserve punishments, but, but the Babylonians? These people are horrible. <laughs> These people are terrible. There is violence and there is oppression. There is massive injustice here. You're not going to do anything about it. Why are you just sitting here? And I think... In these four verses, these five verses, uh, four verses, I'm sorry, we see, man, we might not have an understanding of what's going on all of the time. You see, um, when he talks here, Habakkuk, when he says, I cry out to you violence, but you do not save. You see, the violence denotes a moral violation. It's, it's this, it's this uh, uh, instance in which a man injures another man. Um, the Hebrew word for it is actually occurs six times in, in this book. And the only time that this word is actually exceeded in Habakkuk, which is, only, which is only three chapters, we see it's used as many times in the Bible other than Proverbs and Psalms. 
It's key to this prophecy. Habakkuk is praying for peace and he's praying for justice for those who are doing wrong. But his experience is like those who have, who basically, and this is, and this is something you could kind of imagine. The, the equivalent of what Habakkuk is doing here is he's, he's, he's praying for healing beside a sickbed of someone who's terminally ill only to be confronted with death. So imagine that. You're, you're praying for someone, you're interceding, and all of a sudden, they die. You go, wait a minute. Why? 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 <laughs> What's going on? You see, there's a lot of pairings here in, the, in these first few verses. When he says injustice and wrong, he says, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? It's predominantly used in the context of, of social oppression. Sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? That sounds like something we might be walking through even currently. The second pairing is, is, is destruction and violence. And this relates to oppression of the weaker members of a community. Sound familiar? Man, I think that it's so Im important to see these pairings. And then the third one talks about strife and conflict. And it illustrates the anger and the dissension that's occurring. You see, Habakkuk is raising questions that this is all happening. What he's basically asserting in these first few verses is he's saying, this is happening because you're not moving. This is happening because you're far away. This is happening because I can't find you in any of this. Habakkuk is exclaiming how the law has been paralyzed and these adversaries of God's people seem to be used by God instead of being judged by God. And Habakkuk doesn't understand why. Habakkuk, his problem is not in what he knew, but his problem is what he didn't know. You see, he has no clue why these things are happening the way that they are. And he comes humbly to conversate with God about it. He has questions, and he knows that God is going to give him answers. And so I, would th I, I, I think what we can gather out of these first few verses here is that we might not have an understanding of what's going on, but if we converse and, and, and seek out the Lord, we'll be able to find our answers. We'll be able to see God's own heart and be able to, 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 to nestle in between that and understand it and carry that out. You know, I've seen the stories and I've seen the videos and I've seen the things that are happening in the world and, and, and in, the, in the modern day context of, of, of where we're at right now. I've seen the, the, the video of George Floyd. I've, I've heard the stories of people like Breonna Taylor. I see this stuff happening, and if I'm just completely honest, I also see the police brutality that's taking place on, on innocent protesters. But, but I, I feel that, and I see that. And then, as if that wasn't enough, I feel sorrow and desperation when I see floods of people looting and rioting in their own towns. I'm going to be honest with you. Seeing all of this, Seeing the, the full picture of it, <laughs> it's hard not to get discouraged. And it's hard not to look at it. And, it, and, and it, there's so much chaos around, it's hard not to just throw up your hands and say, you know what? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the answers. I don't know what's going on or why it's happening. But I desperately want it to stop. 
and, and there have been countless conversations over the past few weeks, especially, where I, 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 I'm pleading with the Lord, why aren't you intervening? Why aren't you, you, you coming and righting these wrongs? Why are you not giving us the wisdom to be able to do it? Instead, it seems like there's more division and it seems like there's just more cases of what's already happening. Seems like it's just expanding and, and there's no stopping it. And it's a desperate spot to be. But I think if we can put into context the fact that we don't understand what's going on. And then we can go to the Lord and say, why is this happening? What is going on? Can you please give me an answer? Guys, we're in God's family. We have the inside knowledge if we want it. All we have to do is ask him. He will answer us. And so in this next section, this is the Lord's answer to all of these claims that he has, that Habakkuk has. And I'll just read to 11 and then we'll, we'll end there. But this is what the Lord answers to him in verse 5. It says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I'm raising up the Babylonians, the ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwelling places, not their own. They are feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and they promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than the wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like a vulture swooping to devour. They all come bent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They deride kings and scoff at rulers. They, they laugh at all the fortified cities. They build earthen ramps and capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose strength is their own God. And Habakkuk sits here. And he asks more questions further on in the, in the book. But he sits there at this one. And he says, huh. He, he, he hears God's answer and it almost raises ten more questions to him. I think what we can find in God's response here is that he might shock us in his answers. But his plan is always going to be strong. You see, Yahweh addresses a plural audience. His challenge is to be amazed. And it goes against every belief that the Judeans believed. He explains that the Babylonian success has no moral basis, so their achievements were without substance. He says, yeah, 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 they're, they're, whatever. I, I'm bigger than that. Whatever. They can do it. <laughs> they can have it. Whatever. The next few verses, it gives the description of the oppressors and how they invoke fear in God's people. And the fear shows that they have chosen to fear their enemies opposed to fearing God. Man, for me, that's rough. Because I read that as I was studying this and I go, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I have been placing fear and I have been placing concern and I have been placing worry. I've been placing doubt in everything that I'm seeing with my eyes, and I have not, I have not given the situation up to God. I've tried to, to bring him in on it or to fill me in on how I can be 
more informed or more woke. <laughs> that was really tough for me. And see, I think in verse 8, the Babylonian cavalry, they're compared to three predators whose speed and power brought violent death to their prey, the leopard, the wolf, and the vulture. And these comparisons are imagery to ruthless hunters, which the Babylonians were. It's what these people were. And then he talks about the desert wind. They will sweep past like the wind and they'll go on. It talks here about how the Babylonian forces moved through and they gained prominence and they kept on doing this. And, and their, their identity and accomplishments were rooted in conquering as a military. It all brought power with the statement in, in verse 11, which undermines all because it says guilty men whose strength is their own God. You see, God allows the wicked to flourish for a bit, but their power, when they abuse it, God blows on them and they wither. You see, all of this answer that God gives is, is perfect for one. But two, it, it leaves Habakkuk stunned. He doesn't understand it. He, he doesn't get it. He, he has more questions, but, but he does get a, a, a grand revelation about the bigger picture. You see, just because Babylon was going to be used to punish his people, God was still going to hold them accountable for their own actions. Habakkuk's inquiry slowly begins to bring the larger plan of God's covering over his people through this conversation. And he catches on to the very heart of God as he's talking with him. You see, amid all of these feelings that we have amid all of the, the turmoil that our nation is under right now, sometimes, and I know this is going to sound super Sunday school, but sometimes it's best to know that God is in control. You see, not only does he control the situation, but he's going to avenge those who have been perpetuating injustice and oppression throughout time. You see, as I read this further in chapter 3, I think it's important to know that I can rest in him. I want to just skip ahead as he has this conversation, as this conversation continues. Chapter 3 of Habakkuk ends with a prayer that he has where he declares God's glory because he's gotten a revelation of the big picture and he understands it. And, and, and I think it's important to see, let's see if I can find it. Actually, it's in verse 2, I'm sorry, or chapter 2, I'm sorry. Um, it's in chapter 2, verse 9, and it says, says this. This is, this is the Lord um, speaking again. I'm, I'm sorry, I totally uh, bo uh, just botched that introduction. It's fine. This is where I wish I could record again. It's whatever. Anyway, this is what it says in verse 9. It says, Woe to him who builds his realm by unjust gain, to set his nest on high, to escape the clutches of ruin. You've plotted the ruin of many peoples, shaming, shaming your own house and forfeiting your life. The stones of the walls will cry out, and the beans of the woodwork will echo it. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by crime. Has not the Lord Almighty determined that the people's labor is only fueled for the fire? The nations exhaust themselves for nothing. You see, in closing here, I think it's important to know the Christian's role in this, as we talked last week, is to speak the full gospel. 
The full gospel talks about justice and peace. So therefore, as a minister of the gospel, and as people who call ourselves Christians, we have to be ministers of justice and peace. We have to remain vocal and informed on the things that are detestable to the Lord so that we can speak under the authority of the Holy Spirit. It's massively, massively, massively important for us as we walk through the rest of however long this season is. But among all of it, we can't lose heart because we have to know that God is going to have the final victory He's going to be the ultimate advocate for justice. Jesus, and this is the part I love, Jesus is going to come back. He's going to reign as the prince of peace. And I think like Habakkuk, we can find a solace and a rest knowing that God is above everything that is happening. I don't know about you, but I think these interactions should be more common among God and his people. These honest, open, brutally, just, just honest conversations. Because I believe that when we're honest with the Lord in our prayers, and in our seeking of his face, he begins to reveal himself in a very, very clear way. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we pray tonight. Father, I thank you so much for, for who you are. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given us precedent when it comes to speaking on things like peace and injustice. Lord, these things that, that we see right and wrong, we see clearly there, that there, is, there are things that, that, that we interact with, there are people who we interact with that we have to bring these aspects of your character and truly be your hands and feet. Father, I thank you that you have given us a clear understanding that we can have brutally honest and open conversations with you and you will show up and show out and give us the answers that we need. Lord, I pray that all of us would seek the Holy Spirit as we have conversations, as we open up dialogue, as we begin to, to, to walk this thing out for however long this season lasts. Lord, I pray that you would give each and every one of us strength. You would give us encouragement. You would give us wisdom and you would give us knowledge. Lord, I pray that the church would be just a, 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 an anomaly to the situation. Lord, as, as I spoke last week, that, that we don't play one side or the other, but we actually have our feet in both camps because that's where you have it. Because you speak on peace and loving neighbors, but you also speak on injustice and mourning with those who mourn. So, Father, I pray that we would be able to, to see your heart clearly. I pray that you would be able to, to, to infiltrate our hearts so that we can speak on your behalf through the Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I thank you for everything that you are doing in our communities. I thank you for all of our law enforcement. I thank you for our first responders. I thank you that you are, are bringing about a, a new season for not only society and our nation, but our church and, and on, our, on our body. So, Father, 
We give it up to you, Lord, and we, we honor you with every single thing that we do. We love you, and we thank you, and it is in your name we all pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for watching. Maybe you're listening on our podcast as well. That's awesome. Uh, it's so good to, to be with you through that podcast form. Um, you can follow us on our Facebook page. Maybe that's where you're watching right now. You can like that page so that you don't miss any of the content that we have. You can also subscribe. Maybe you're watching there. I believe my mom is as well. Hi, mom. That's that's what I do. Anyway, uh, subscribe and hit the bell icon so that you get all the notifications when we upload videos, especially as we meet again on the 17th. We're so, so excited about that. You can follow us on our Instagram as well at LPYouthAZ. You can check out the LifePoint Youth audio podcast as well. And uh, yeah, I think that's all that we have, man. We're so excited. Be on the lookout for another update video here very, very soon that we can uh, be able to bring you all the information as we reopen. We will see you on Sunday. Can't wait for that, man. It's going to be awesome. Peace out.